From Uniforms to Unicorns is sponsored by Brand 47 Coffee, which was founded by Holly and Alex, both first responders looking to create a sustainable business to pass on to their two sons with Down syndrome, Jax and Nico. Thinking about the future has always been in the forefront of their heads for their boys, creating meaningful employment and independence as adults. The only way to do that was to create it. Brand 47 Coffee Co. provides the most unique and fun-flavored coffee. Seriously, it is so good. Our Mine and Sharon's favorite is the Coco Loco. It's coconut-infused. It is to die for. All of their coffee is small batch and roasted to order. They are incredible people doing incredible things. Their vision is to keep the world caffeinated, to stay special, and be extra. You can find them at brand47coffee.com. Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. Through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics. And we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared. And we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of correction. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> From uniforms to unicorns. Hey, Lauren here. Just wanted to remind you that some of the things that Sharon and I and our guests talk about on this podcast can have adverse effects or bring on triggers for experiences that you have had in the past. So we just wanted to give you a little bit of a warning before you listen to any of the podcast episodes and say, take care of yourself. And thank you again for being here and listening. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's been a crazy morning, so I'm excited to record. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Both of us are like, we had some, uh, our, our guests had some computer problems, which we know are, you know, that's, that's everyday life. That's that just how technology is these days. Sharon was jumping off the treadmill. I was jumping <laughs> off a group coaching call and we're just like, let's get this done. But we're, we're like pumped. We had a quick conversation with our guest before and like, I don't know how we're going to keep this to 40 minutes, but we're going to do our freaking best. <laughs> but today we have Cindy Weir with us. She was introduced to us by our good friend, John, and uh, we are excited to hear about her journey. She's going to share um, all of the things you guys like buckle up. And if you've ever um, thought about having a service animal or are interested in this information, she is your girl. So first- yeah. And foremost, first of all, welcome, Cindy. Thank welcome. You here. Thank you. Thank you. So excited. So hey. excited. It could, it could take me the whole time just to introduce, uh, not introduce myself, but just tell you the backstory. But yes, I'm, I am so excited and so grateful. So thank you for, thank Yay. you for having us here. Yeah. 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 yeah great. Well, we want to know, we want to know about you. How did you get involved in the first responder world, the military world? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, uh, I, I come from a little town up in northern Ontario, uh, and 
I, I would say that I was, uh, I wanted my calling to uh, join the military, but uh, much like many other people, I was uh, running. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was 19 uh, and I, uh, I joined the military. Uh, so wow. I did. And, uh, you know, it, it, true to my heart, it doesn't take long. You go through basic training and it's, it's, you become a new person and, and I truly needed it. Um, although if anybody knew me in the military, they say, they probably would have say it didn't change me much, but I, I was a rebel all the way, uh, who needed some direction and guidance. Uh, and, uh, it was probably the best experience of my life. And uh, like many veterans, uh, if I was given the opportunity to do it again, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, that being said, uh, I did experience some things that weren't the best. Um, now, I did have childhood trauma uh, that I've only recently found out that that does attribute to uh, PTSD uh, or, or many of us that do have childhood trauma uh, go on to experience PTSD later in our lives. It's kind of like a, uh, I don't know if you call it a precursor, maybe a comp the compound effect, right. Of yeah, like stacking absolutely. of trauma, right. Absolutely. And then the cup yeah. overflows and you no longer uh, can hold all the things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that was, that was one of the initial, uh, elements that I was, as I said, I was one unaware of until much later in life. Um, and then there was, there was many things, everything from, uh, uh, basic training. My station job was, uh, well, uh, the toilets. We have other words for it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the shitters. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still in civilian clothing. Uh, so we're brand new at it. And uh, one of our uh, fellow recruits uh, decided she's going to slit her wrists and, you know, all over the walls of the, of the toilets. And of course, I find her and, uh, um, so it's off to the MIR holding on to this girl. And she, uh, you know, it was all superficial, uh, but it was the first time I'd ever experienced that, you know? So um, uh, that was like day two of basic training. Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, you know, there was other elements. Uh, I remember driving back from Halifax and seeing a vehicle fully engulfed in flames and, you know, jump out, go to help. And they're like, no, oh, actually it wasn't fully engulfed at, at the time. Uh, and you go running up to help and they're like, no, 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 no. So you see, uh, and it, it turns out the woman had been decapitated. Uh, so, but you see uh, a vehicle where you're trying to help and they're like, no. And then you see the vehicle engulfed and you're like, no, you could have helped, but you don't know those stories. Right. Um, and then uh, I went to, I went to the Golan Heights in Israel. We were part of the first group and um, you see things that you're not prepared to. Um, so as a, as a person coming from a, uh, a base where you're, you don't do a workup with other groups, um, you go from a, from an air force base where you go to work during the day, you have your uniform, you go home uh, and you, you do some things, but, uh, you're not really prepared. And all of a sudden you're in an environment where, um, you know, people intentionally uh, disfigure their children so that they can beg and stuff like that. And you really can't wrap mm. your head around. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So you really can't wrap your head around that. Uh, and then the Gulf War broke out when we were there. I, I came back, did a really fast turnaround, uh, went to the Gulf, came back. Um, and again, I was not prepared to go there. So, you know, the night we were landing, Scud missile lands, you get out of the plane and there's sirens and stuff. And we didn't do any pre-deployment workup. 
So again, I'm a little kid from Northern Ontario. Uh, so this is not the type of thing that you take a, you know, a person who doesn't have that kind of training and go into it. You know, it had you come from a battalion, you're prepared for that. And, and, and I'm not complaining by any means. I'm just trying to explain, as you said, the stacking um, component. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was, as I said, there was sexual trauma in the military. So it was boom, 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 boom. Uh, and then, and then I was posted right away. <laughs> so there was never, yeah, I know. Right. So there was never a time for treatment. Uh, by the time I did get to, uh, uh, the battalion, it was evident. And I, I did ask for help, but that didn't really exist back then. Yeah. And what year um, is this? So what year that, and that was, in, that, was in, that was in 91. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so, so any rate that, you know, they had suggested at the time that I just get out and get married. Um, now I, I had been dating. <laughs> it's like the worst. Oh my God. It's like, was my mom, yeah, was, was my mom there? <laughs> well, any rate, uh, uh, and I was dating, um, my, um, well, my soon to be husband at the time, uh, who happened to be a widower, uh, and uh, so I did. And then I went into a relationship with a young son who had a, a massive uh, head injury. And so I went into an, uh, a relationship. I, I was undiagnosed with, it turns out I had MS that I didn't, I wasn't aware of, and then very extreme PTSD. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, and then it, it took, uh, I, so I got out in 91, I was diagnosed with MS in 98 and PTSD in 2000. So it was a bit of a ride. Uh, and uh, yeah, so all of that being said, um, as I said, I, I would go back, I'd put on a uniform tomorrow, as many of us would, because right. we still want to serve. Mm -hmm. So Fast forward a lot of years, I just, <laughs> I just went through a separation. Uh, my ex just put in, which that was, mm, I'm being nice, but that was not uh, easy. Thank God for, <laughs> thank God for Gracie, because I would not have made it this last year. Uh, it was mm -hmm. the very first time in my life that uh, I've been into some dark places. In fact, it, here's the funniest. When I heard that you guys met in prison, I'm like, I was there only, <laughs> only overnight. Um, and then uh, you, should, you should always do research on people before you say anything. And then it was like, no, they worked in prison. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's go back. Let me go back. So you got out of the military in 1998, right? No, no, 91. No, I, I was, I was diagnosed with MS in 98. In 1998. Yeah. And, and di sorry, diagnosed and with PTSD in what year? In 2000. 2000 okay tell us what happens in between there so 90 when you leave the military do you, you don't yeah. know you have ptsd no 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 actually i i became a first responder not long after that i uh because i i had to do something so yeah. i ended up uh i ended up taking uh, a course in victoria uh i took the um uh like an uh, emt yeah, yeah, the but yeah. it's it's similar to that. Um, okay, it's in order to become an ENT. Well, it's like become a first responder. Okay, and then I, and then I became a volunteer firefighter, which oh, was cool. really stupid because I was only like a couple of, like right down the road from the fire department when you have your little pager. So I couldn't miss a fire call. Now I had a brand new little baby, 
uh, and the two little kids, but I had to be there because you had to be there. You couldn't miss a fire call. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that, that didn't go over very well with the family. <laughs> no, the family and the whole like organizing quick childcare. Uh, or... uh, no, no. I just, um, I, I, no, no. If my husband was there, like oh, I was yeah. the one who always had to go in the middle of the night and everything. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really smart. So uh, and then from there, we, we were posted up uh, to Comox, and it was actually a military doctor, uh, oddly enough, who diagnosed my MS because I tried to get back in the reserves, and you have to do a medical. And as soon as she opened up my docs, she said, uh, has anybody ever told you you have MS? And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> well, because you have all the neurological issues, right? right? Uh, you know, the numbness, the tingling, the lack of everything, focus, fatigue. And, and I knew these things and I had gone for medical care and they pretty much, you know, they write you off as, you know, a crazy, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, hypochondriac basically. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, off I went for an MRI and I had the lesions and everything. So, uh, and then I went to UBC uh, and they did a spinal tap. Um, they did. I was. They didn't really want me to. The neurologist. Oh, here's another funny story. The neurologist said, "You know, why bother?" And I thought, "Why bother?" Because uh, the only way they could confirm it was with a spinal tap. And uh, I said, "Well, I kind of like to know." Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a it's been a bit of an interesting ride. So I went over, had the spinal tap, uh, and uh, and they and they confirmed it. So the other thing that had happened in, in Victoria was I, before my son was born and you could see the spinning and the all over the place, by the way, this is where you got to, the dark gun. It's all, gun good. And focus it's all good. Yeah, no, we, we totally understand. Right. And, yeah. and maybe the, the listeners might not, but you know, even like MS is, is brought on significantly through stress, right? We, yeah. we, we know, we, we know most actually physical, um, whatever physical yeah. symptoms or whatever right. are brought on by stress right so right. uh you are and, and with ptsd it's if your memory is actually significantly affected um my right? gosh yeah your yeah. ability to focus is significantly affected right and mm -hmm. and you see that we see this in all sorts of people that we talk to right sure right. i even talked yeah. about it like i don't even fucking know what we were talking about next <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah, exactly totally. <laughs> well just before my son was born in 93 like days before all of a sudden my face just like droops right and uh I'm out having coffee with one of the ladies I did uh uh prenatal with and her mom's looking at me she goes mm, you may want to go home and have a nap and I'm like huh? <laughs> and so I go home and I'm looking oh in the gosh. mirror and I call my husband and I'm like Come home. <laughs> so he yeah, comes cool. home. So we go into the hospital and they're like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's Bell's palsy. I had never heard of it before. Yeah. And so, um, so we go home. Well, when I got pregnant with my son, I was 132 pounds. Uh, so about three days later, we finally take me in and we're like, okay, uh, I can't do this anymore. So uh, when they saw me at Emerge, they're like, oh my God, get this woman. So they whip me up and you know, fill me full of ID and I, or ID IV. And I go from this to like this balloon because I'm so dehydrated yeah. at any rate. So I ended up coming out of the hospital after he was born 111 pounds. Like oh I, gosh. I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to keep pumping babies out. <laughs> my husband's like vasectomy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. So my face ended up being paralyzed for almost a year. 
like wow. so we go again to the neurologist and uh now I, I was only 28 years old right and uh and so he says well it's no, it's not like you're Cindy Crawford it's not like you're making your money off your face <laughs> right so I I go out to the parking lot and I'm just having like a complete meltdown and my husband uh, like anyway he's like it's okay dear oh my goodness <laughs> wow. wow that's I, quite so so you get the diagnosis of, of MS in 98 and then what, what how, how do you go to a PTSD diagnosis what happens uh because to- I just uh so I go uh I went to so we went from uh, Victoria, uh, I get diagnosed in uh, Comox because I, I tried to get back in the reserves and I did for a short time, but now I'm undiagnosed PTSD. So I'm like, right. So I didn't last in the reserves very long because I, I, I didn't, I've got PTSD and I'm a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that will do it too, right like well yeah I am I am things and yeah I am I, yeah, I, yeah I am I have no I have no patience whatsoever they had a female captain who was the head of the reserves and I had like zero tolerance for her and I I, I was I was I was a dick and so um so we we get posted to Ottawa and uh they want me to go to this MS clinic and I go in and I, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I'm the only ambulatory person and everybody. And so I have to go to these coffee things and I have to carry the coffee and I have to carry the cookies. And I go in there and everybody is, they talk about, you know, mobility. They talk about wearing diapers and having to get all, it was oh horrible. Goodness. And so I said, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out here. I'm, I'm not doing this. And so I started to do some indiv- individual therapy. Uh, and I think it was through that process. It was like, yeah, you need help. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you say that. Cause, uh, so I had cancer in 2017 and I had to go to like a, a cancer, like seminar thing. And I go, yeah. I go, and I'm literally the youngest person by like 50 mm, years. Yeah. And, and they have this presentation and they're basically telling all of these old guys that they can't mm. eat deli meat. Like the... <laughs> too late <laughs> all of them are just mad and I'm like oh, yeah what the hell am I doing here no kidding it's so funny yeah it's done the damage folks let them eat their damage yeah, totally let them eat their carcinogenic meat who cares right? like, yeah. and all of them are just like what does that have to do with anything and <laughs> Well, you know, like I've been year. eating that for years. It hasn't oh, hurt me a bit. They're farmers. <laughs> They've yeah. ate that for lunch for the last 70 years of their life, right? It's, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah, when you I, say that, I know what you're talking about. Well, and it's, sure. you know, the funniest part of it is, is I have never, ever done any form of, uh, other than that, I've never done any group. Um, I've never done any with the military, any, anything. So all of my all of my therapy has been done uh, with civilian doctors, everything. So when they talk about these OSI clinics and stuff, it intrigues me, but I'm afraid, like, I, I don't, like, like, I'm trying really hard not to say anything negative about my husband. And I'm like, I won't do it because of my kids. <clears throat> but uh, like, I literally was, I spent, <laughs> I, I spent 30 years not being able to talk about PTSD or mental health or anything because of uh, basically because of his career. Uh, right. So, so I was not a part of any community whatsoever. 
um, uh, and uh, which, which, what, how did that affect you? Do you think now? Oh, uh, devastating. Back? Absolutely devastating. Uh, because I find it, um, oh, I, I'm sure it, uh, I'm sure it exacerbated all of my mental health issues. Uh, and, and I find it shocking, um, how easy people talk about their mental health. Like yeah. now, it, uh, now. Oh, yeah. 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 Well now. Yeah. But, but, um, but it's just, they're, they're so casual about it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, people are like, yeah, I tried to commit suicide three times. Yeah. yeah. I tried to commit suicide four times. And I'm like, yeah. like, like it floors me how open people are. And, uh, uh, but when you were diagnosed in 2000, in 2000, this wasn't even yes. like you, I mean, that this is probably, this is probably a new diagnosis in the DSM-4, right? Like, honestly, right, right. I, no, yeah. I don't, I took psychology in university and I mm -hmm. don't remember hearing about it mm -hmm. in the four years that I was, I worked in a prison. Right. Um, I don't remember hearing about it. I don't like, no. you know, like PTSD was something that I heard about after I left correction, mm -hmm. which, and then mm -hmm. we could name it. Like right, once we right. left, like you, you were talking about being a dick and having it, like the irritability, <laughs> yeah. but it's true though. When I look back and we yeah. get a, a rookie in the jail, I was yeah. like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like that's, <laughs> and I'm like, you can't talk to inmates like that I'm, or whatever. Yeah, there's no, there's basically, yeah. you can't cry here. Like take your shit somewhere else. You're too weak. Like mm. I would actually like say that to the people well, well, and now well, <laughs> and you at know, that time, you, you yeah. think it's like, I'm helping, I'm guiding, I'm shaping, but mm. you're actually mm. something well, else going on. Well, it, it's, it's funny that you say that because I just recently did some training with Gracie uh, and I actually, I cried quite a bit and it was because I had never been in an environment well, it's, I think since basic training that they spoke that way. And oddly enough, it was so... Um, it was like I just got the last 30 years of crap out of my body. And yeah. I'm sure they looked at me going, oh, my God, get her out of here. Like, seriously, how is she supposed to help anybody? And, and often I think about that with my not for profit. I'm like, OK, how am I supposed to help people when I am this like basket case? But it has been so helpful for me. Like, honestly, it's just like that authenticity oh, is is really like, and, and mm -hmm. I, I'm sure, you know, like I have the nonprofit too, that works with spouses. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I try, I tried like in the beginning to like be this perfect person and also like struggle with my own mental health. Yeah. Um, and, but I'm like, but, but being that real and authentic mm -hmm. and unapologetic is mm -hmm. how people have gravitated to me. Right. Yeah, and that's how they right. gravitated to the organization because it's not all, you know, rainbows and this and that when you come to the retreat you're going to learn mm -hmm. about yourself you're going to learn about your spouse you're going to learn about what's going on in your life and mm -hmm. it is going to fucking suck we're going to have fun doing it <laughs> yeah. when you walk away from it you're gonna be like, what the fuck just happened and, well, and that's what happened in a lot of these groups yeah. because, and like you said your, your your spouse wasn't supportive right so it's like how do I and the isolation we know that uh, who, and uh, I know you've talked about this. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that because there are no groups in 2000. There are no yeah. groups in 2010. There are no groups. Like I want to say like the first groups that we, that started coming together that were not EAP sponsored or whatever mm -hmm. are, are, are later in like 
2014, I want to say is like the first one I know of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think what was the most difficult part for me is that, uh, is that he was supportive to his staff and it got to the point where he was asking me to be supportive to his staff. Right. Oh my God, my kids are going to kill me or I'm going to, I'm going to lose sponsors for this. And it it doesn't really matter. I don't care. Uh, I've already lost sponsors because of honesty. And if I, as you said, if you can't be your your authentic self, then I don't really care. I'm not. They don't align. Yeah. Actually, there you go. There you go. But, but that's, that's the hard part. I have mental health issues that I have to hide, but then you're asking me because of what we know, because of me, you're asking me to reach out and help other people. That's what killed me. Uh, and that used to just rip me up inside. And so, but all of that being said, going forward, and that's, I think that's what's most important for me is not to, uh, not to hold it in, not to hold the grudge. The anger's still there, but mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm working on that. Uh, and it's, uh, it's all part of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. So it's part of the journey. And I think that's what, uh, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a dog trainer. I'm not, I, I'm not any of that. Um, uh, uh, but uh, if I can keep moving forward and, and as you said, be your authentic self um, and, and that's the only way I can, I can go forward. I know what Gracie's done for me. And as I said, I know I would not be here uh, from what I just went through with the separation and divorce. I wouldn't have made it. Um, but I, and part of it was because I moved, I moved away uh, to get out of that, the geographical area. I did a move and then I had to do another move within six months because the house I moved into had septic and uh, had sewage issues and it had uh, groundwater issues. So I had to do a second move. So it was two moves uh, in six months away from everybody and everything I knew. Uh, so I, I, I intentionally moved, but I didn't realize how much I isolated myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then including for my doctors. Right. Big mistake. But um, so when I did it, I was away from normally when you get to that low, you would probably get some medication, (laughs) but I didn't. So I did all of that with no medication and I don't take any form of marijuana, uh, which a lot of people uh, take some form of cannabis may have helped. I don't do any of that. So this was hardcore service dog. Okay. So tell, okay. So here is where we get into what you do, why you do it, all the things, because you yeah. mentioned Gracie, but maybe some of our listeners don't know that you are involved in helping and yes. assisting people to get service dogs. If they are diagnosed with a, a, a mental injury or PTSD or OSI or whatever. Right. So let's take the, let's take the D out of there. Yeah. PTSI. Yeah, yes, I agree. yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I actually I... was just writing something up for a talk that I'm doing, and it, I wrote the paperwork probably about three years ago because I mm-hmm. did a talk before, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to update this a bit. Yeah, and I changed it to PTSI. Well, and actually, my my not for profit, all the paperwork does say PTSD, and I want to change it because it's not a disorder. It's not. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Tell us how you got involved in this and where you learned about it, I think is important. Right. And how you decided this is the route I'm going to take. Well, it was, it was during one of my, one of my sessions and I was, uh, so normally in the past, if I was having a really rough time, you know, my husband did everything for me because I wasn't capable. I was so isolated. Excuse me. When I get stressed, it's like dry mouth. That's okay. (laughs) 
Are you stressed? Yeah. We're not making you feel a little bit calm. <laughs> oh. Just for a few more times, I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was so dependent on my husband. I couldn't, I, I, it just got to the point where I couldn't do anything on my own, which I think was um, intentional. Um, so um, I actually, when we got to London, I actually reached out and got my own doctor. And that was like a first. Um, I, I saw, I knew the need because I, I knew uh, it's, I've been dealing with this so long. I know my cycles and I know what's going on. So I got a doctor, but I was in bad, bad, bad shape. And so our first couple of sessions, I almost passed out in her office. Like, I mean, hyperventilating the whole, and she had me standing up and shaking my hands. And I was like, whoa. And so uh, one of our sessions, I'm on the floor. I think she thought I was going to pass. out. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make the falls uh, very, very short, right? And so (laughs) just start there. Yeah, yeah, we'll just start and if we can get you back up, it's a, it's a bonus. And, uh, and so, you know, we started talking about, it was a visualization thing and she's like, okay, let's go through this. And uh, what makes you happy? And I said, and I said, Gracie, and, uh, and because she wasn't a service dog uh, and we could get to that. And, and I'll start right now saying, I do not recommend pet to dog. So we'll, we'll go back to that. Um, and so I pulled out pictures of her and I went from cannot breathe, cannot talk, cannot anything to right. Yeah. And so we did that a couple of times. And then she said, bring Gracie in next session. And so or a couple of sessions. And so we did. And, uh, and that's when she said, you need a service dog. So we started the search and uh, contacted Veterans Affairs. Oh yeah. And because I'm hundred percent, actually, I think I'm 105% uh, disabled. Um, yeah, I'm batshit crazy on like, like, like colossal levels. I, my, my doctor told me to shred my diagnosis. Cause when I gave it to her, I'm like, okay, this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> and like when I read it, I don't even recognize the person that they diagnosed. Like, it's not just right. PTSD. When I say batshit crazy, I'm like, Ooh, that person scares me. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> but. it's all, well, yeah. but it's all part of the journey, right? Yeah. Right. It's all, yeah. 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 Remember that asshole? Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at any rate, so, uh, so we started looking and they sent me off to a certain organization here uh, that provides dogs and they said five to six years. Wow. You can't. You won't make that. it five to six years, right? <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to make it another year. Yeah. Uh, so then they told me to train my own dog. Well, you take anybody that's in that condition and tell them to train their own dog, you're going to have a dead dog mm-hmm. and a dead husband and anybody around who's is going to be dead because mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, all you're going to do is abuse that animal mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. somebody told you to train your own dog. It's, mm-hmm. it's stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. then we, then we started, excuse me, went right across Canada. Nobody, you either had to be in a geographical area. And then if you looked online, nobody was taking applications anyways. So wow. our last duty station was uh, in uh, Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida. So we had already planned on going on holidays, but I didn't want to go because the person I was now. <clears throat> yeah. Water break. Water break. <laughs> the person I currently was, was not the person that I left there as. But my husband wanted to go on holidays and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. So at any rate, 
what we did is when we're driving down, I had my, my iPad and I, I was calling every place because we were going to buy a service dog. So lo and behold, there was a place 20 minutes away from our hotel called What's Up Dog and uh, contacted them and said, hey, I've got a dog here, Gracie, uh, who I had since she was 10 weeks old. And I did all the puppy classes and everything else. And we had a, we already had a pretty significant bond. And uh, and I asked if I could bring her in if, and they could assess her. And they said, yes, we you know, we have an opening in two weeks. And I said, I don't have two weeks. I have like now. So they said, okay, bring her in tomorrow. So we were the last one of the day and they brought her in and uh, smart dog. <laughs> uh, and they, they weren't negative. They just said, yeah, she's very smart. And, uh, and they said, yeah, we can work with you both. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, they ran through a few things and uh, you know, it was like, okay, make your dog sit. So I was clicking my mouth, snapping my fingers. You know, I was giving her five commands basically to make her sit. And I'm like, no, I don't. And so they had a whiteboard out there and they said, okay, make her sit. And I, oh, sure shit, I was giving her five commands. And so uh, they said, yeah, she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, they said, yeah, um, we could work with, we could work with you guys. So they, I said, okay, when can we start? And they're like two weeks. And I said, I don't have two weeks. And I said, you'll start tomorrow. So it was like $180 US, I paid the bill and I showed up the next day and they said, so I wanted to train five days a week. And they said, no, we'll start with three days a week. And I, no, 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 you know, the keener, right? Mm -hmm. They said, no, no, we'll start with three days a week. <clears throat> I was exhausted. Uh, I was exhausted. She was exhausted. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we stayed there. Uh, my my ex-husband, it's a new word I'm using. I hated mm -hmm. that word. And now it, it, it it's, I'm okay with it. Um, so he left went back to Canada and I just stayed I stayed until she was trained and, and so, we never sorry you, go ahead you, so you went on vacation and and just came upon this place yeah yeah we uh, as I said they were we called everywhere and they ended up being uh 20 minutes away from our hotel the intention okay. was if if we couldn't train Gracie we're just buying a service dog and at yeah. the time at the time they were like twenty thousand dollars us we're gonna pay out of our pocket yeah. So, so they start training with us, uh, and I'm about about two weeks down there. And you know how you get a prepaid visa card because you just do when you travel. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I asked at the time. I said, "Can I settle up our bill to this point because I've got to recharge my visa card?" And he says to me, "No, it's it's paid for." And I'm like, "What?" He goes, "No, no, the foundation paid for it." And I'm like, "What foundation?" He goes, "Well, Positive Love Foundation paid for it," and I. <clears throat> and I said, well, why would they do that? And he said, well, you're a veteran. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm Canadian. And he said, no, no, a veteran's a veteran. Oh, wow. Yeah. The thing is, like, Lauren and I talk lots about look for the signs. They like, paid, they paid there's for nothing, all of Nothing training. bigger than that sign right there that this is what you're meant to do, right? So, so I went down there. They paid for all of Gracie's training. Amazing. Her gear, everything. And then I went down two times after. Again, they paid for all her training. So I came back to Canada. We started, uh, we started Veterans Elite. Now, we are, what we tried to do initially is make, make it positive love north. But we couldn't figure out the, um, we couldn't figure out how to do it. So Steve Katowski, uh, the, the founder of Positive Love, he actually flew up to Canada 
and help me start this. Wow. So we, initially, we meant to send our veterans down to Florida, do all their training down there. And we were going to source our dogs from him. And then COVID hit. Oh, wow. and, and it stopped everything. So then we, we found out about Baden, Baden Canine. And then that's why we went that direction. So, so Baden Canines where? They're here in Ontario. Okay, awesome, cool. So, so they do a different type of dog and there's different ways of doing it. So right now we are raising the funds, but it's, uh, it's basically we, we pay for the dog outright. Excuse me. And then we pay for the, uh, for the veteran to come to Ontario. We pay their, their accommodations, their meals, their travel. Um, and excuse me, as I say, I got into it all hearts, no brains. So right. no business. At, and, and it's funny because our accountant said, you guys all do that. <laughs> it's so true. And I, I work with so many yeah. business owners and so many yeah. nonprofit. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to make this happen. Then you get into it and you're yeah. like, oh my God. Wow. I have made so many mistakes. So I'm, I'm almost going backwards now, but we, we fixed the mistakes. Yeah, uh, exactly. We still have a few. I have to redesign the program a little bit because it doesn't work. It, uh, the vet... The vet, there's got to be a bit of a responsibility on the veterans part right. uh, because there's got to be some accountability. Yeah, so, uh, so, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but accountability to yourself and accountability to someone else is, is part of the healing process. Yes. Right? It, you Very know what? So. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a, there's an organization uh, down in the U S again, that's doing it a little bit different and we're having the opportunity to, to implement this. The only thing is, is I will reiterate, I'm not a dog trainer. Right. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, a, a psych I, I have no, I'm the handler. I'm the batshit crazy person <laughs> who has, who, you, know, uh, you know what, honestly, I, uh, and, and it, when I say Gracie is my saving grace, she is, but she also gives me so much grace out in the community. Right. You know, when I work, when I moved from even uh, Grimsby to here, I had to switch shoppers. Uh, they screw up my billing all the time. I go in, I get frustrated and I'm an asshole. I don't mean to be, but I, I go in with the preconceived image that they're going to screw it up and they do. And they get angry with me. I get short with them. I get frustrated. They are so kind to me now. They go in, hi, Cindy, blah, blah, blah. Like, but she does that because A, she calms me down and then everybody loves her. Everybody mm -hmm. loves her. Mm -hmm. Everywhere mm -hmm. I go, people are so kind because of, her right right people and, see her first right and, and uh, nobody most, knows my name nobody yeah. knows my name nobody and I you know what I was not a dog person we got a dog three years ago my boys yeah. convinced me to, he's a little tiny whatever puppy yeah. um yeah. and that's true everybody yeah. knows my dog on the path they don't yeah. some of them know me not all of them yeah. but I mean when you're when you're met with that and you are a dog person I feel like mm -hmm. non-dog people are, are are different um but like be leery of dog non-dog I'm like are you looking at me that's a direct yeah. <laughs> you love a dog, but I know you would love, I, you love dogs but I, I mean dogs. like I that that's where my attention goes right yeah. and when I'm yeah. greeted with like oh nice dog whatever and then it's like oh well the owner must be super nice to you honestly yeah. project yeah. that onto them to say you know, oh, well. I've had, I've had more people ask. So the, the organization that we're working with now just does shepherds. 95% of the people have asked, can we have a dog like Gracie? 
Right. They all, because it's that, you know, I, and I let people pet her initially, I was not going to, but because we do advocacy, they have to, uh, we've already had a policy put through, you know, there's been organizations <clears throat> that have tried for years and years and years. Canada doesn't have a national standard. There's no national standard for service dogs. There's no national standard for trainers. There's no national standard for ha handlers. They've been trying to do it for years, but what <laughs> they've been trying to do is do it for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're trying mm -hmm. to get the CNIB in there. You're trying to get the hearing impaired. You're trying to get autism, everybody. Oh, okay. So prior to the last election, I was asked to write a policy. Ooh. I know nothing about it. <laughs> nothing. It usually takes a team a year. Now right. you want to talk about authenticity and you want to talk about, um, uh, you want to talk about doing something from the heart, all right. heart, no brains. We got a policy written. Wow. We got a policy through. I oh, call wow. every EDA across this entire stinking country multiple times. By the end of the day, I had other EDAs calling other EDAs saying, there's a policy in London, vote for it. We were the last one that got through and it was passed. Wow. So we, I know, right? <laughs> so we had a policy. I know. I know. Amazing. I, I know. And people hated me and I don't understand why. Why would you hate anything? So we had a policy passed for the creation. Now that we haven't got the, the policy made yet, but the policy was passed for the creation of a national standard of training for, uh, for the creation of an, of a policy, uh, I should almost read it out cause I'm going to screw it up, but you'll get the idea. Uh, for a national standard uh, for for trainers for PTSD trainers for veteran only for veterans, mm -hmm. so a national standard for trainers, a national uh, PTSD for PTSD trainers for service dogs, PTSD. I'm screwing this up so bad, but you'll get the idea. Okay, yeah. PTSD service dogs for veterans and PTSD handlers strictly for veterans, and people are going to get pissed off, but it doesn't matter because. We have to start somewhere. Yeah. So if we, if we can implement that across the country, you get it working for a couple of years, then we can, yeah. I can't, it, I can't even fly out of Canada to the UK yes. with Gracie. So I have to fly through uh, America because yes. there's only, there's only one organization and you have to be blessed by, and, and I, you have to be blessed by one organization uh, here in Canada, which it's, it's almost impossible possible to do so all of our you know anyway so we've done that we do advocacy uh we do um we do education like i i stop more times than not in a grocery store to help explain to people uh you know don't pet the dog you know don't do this right. don't do that little kids know better than their parents do yes I was, so I, was in, I was in walmart <laughs> in uh in london and this guy says and i won't use the accent because i'll just be condescending if i do it but this guy turns to his wife and he says, that's a CNI dog. So I turned to Gracie and I oh. said, Gracie, would you grab the tomato soup? <laughs> right. So there, there's a lot that we're doing and there's a lot of other, we're not the only organization, you know, right. we, we provide paid or trained service dogs. Other people want to use pound dogs. Other people are getting other veterans to train dogs. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, the fact that we're doing it is great. None of them are funded. Uh, our government's not funding them right now. They'll they'll fund medication. They'll fund mm -hmm. cannabis. 
Uh, they'll find a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I got to say this last. No, I won't because I'll never get funding again. <laughs> oh, it's interesting though because we, we, we have, have had this conversation where it's like I can get my medications paid for but I cannot get art therapy paid for I can yeah. get my medications paid for but I can't get you know guitar lessons paid for like all of these things that we, we have know. to have another conversation because I would love to work with you guys and there's a, sure. there's an opportunity to do it let me tell you yeah. sure and we we can have this conversation uh off of this because yeah, absolutely there is there's so many programs that are out there and uh we may have an opportunity to actually do it closer and in person there's great things happening and there's We're people in. that want to help yeah, yeah absolutely and we, we are learning that too right like yeah. there's so many people in this space that are like we're done being Helpful. quiet we're done uh right like you said people are mm-hmm. throwing around the ptsi thing and i've committed suicide or tempted or i've tried yeah. this time or this is when i felt like you know i was at my lowest whereas before that was like taboo you don't talk yeah. about that stuff everyone's okay we're fine mm-hmm. it's fine but you know what the, the thing is is if we wait for the if we wait for the government to do it it's not going to get done no, right but true. there are organizations out there that are ready to help yeah absolutely and, and yeah. it's so good too that you stood up for what you believed in and there's always someone on the sidelines getting angry at that the hater is saying what about us what about us but we even sometimes feel that way like with our podcast it's like we'll start your own podcast or do your own research or mm-hmm. write your own policy like this is the, the, this is the stuff that matters to you. And that's yeah. okay. And it's, right? and the most important part is to not be angry. Cause if you're going to be angry, nobody's going to listen to you. Right. It's so, yeah. It's so, and, and you, like, you sound so passionate about this, right? Like uh, the whole, yeah. right. And, and that's what drives, right. That's what drives uh, you every single morning to get up and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make yeah. 7,500 phone calls before the day is yes. over. And I'm going to convince these people to listen to me. And I mean, I have been there. I, I run a nonprofit as well. So, I mean, I have sent like one day in my office, I was like, you're sending 75 emails today. And I was like, like, I think I was in here for 13 hours <laughs> just sending like, and, and I, and I made them all amazing. Like I didn't copy and paste all of them, but I did copy and paste some of them, but it was just like, I'm on a mission. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, the 13 hours flew by, but because I'm so passionate about helping uh, people navigate this unique lifestyle and allow and saying like, Hey, okay. Conversations, retreats, whatever, but also being like here, mm-hmm. go to Cindy, right? I want to be that like navigation space yeah. for yes. people to be like, okay, you want art? You go to Teresa. Okay. Yeah. You need you need a long walk, you hit chat up. Chat will yeah. take you for mm-hmm. right. Like yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a very, very long walk. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chad. Poor Chad. Oh, he's such a nice guy. Oh, yeah, I know. My, my only problem with 13 hours is I'll end up going to do some laundry, start some painting. Oh, totally. yes. oh my gosh. Yeah. So oh, and that's exactly it too, right? Like, of course, there were some breaks in there where I unloaded the dishwasher picked my kids up from school you know did a few other things in there Uh, but yeah it was like I can't I can't focus to save my life so I just wrote down the 75 people and then I just checked it off as I went through and yeah it's uh, okay we uh, yeah do do we do we put pictures on ours or if I start putting up pictures is that what we're supposed to do you can you you can take a photo please do Sharon's holding up the timer everybody no I I know I was just just being a smart ass so (laughs) 
so we're gonna we, we loved chatting with you this was awesome yeah, we have to have yeah a i would love two. to connect off screen as well too that yeah would please so. i, I we'll would put, i was We'll put all your information up, Veterans Elite Canine. We'll put it all up where you can find everybody at the link in our bio. And yeah, uh, cool. enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by oh, to chat. Last thing, us. we are yes, always please. looking. We're always looking for help. Okay, perfect. Te yeah. Technical help and admin help. We are desperate for more help. We're building our board. And please, if there's anybody that wants to volunteer, uh, get in touch with us, please. Yeah, cool. I think there's lots of people who would love to be involved. Yeah, especially in yeah. with that. So yeah, um, love it. Uh, uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, you guys are uh, you're my very first podcast. I'm so excited. Yay! Yay! So many podcasts now. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I'm and I'm just absolutely honored that it was your guys. As I was, I as I said, I've listened to them multiple times. I've laughed and laughed and laughed. And uh, you guys are awesome. Oh, and my very very last thing. Thanks. I have a whole new respect for prison guards. Yeah. <laughs> no, I kid you not. I always thought that uh, only the military people, we we're like in our own class. Absolutely not. I had no idea what you guys endured. So yes, I have a whole new respect for prison okay, guards. Perfect. So. Our mission accomplished then. Mission yeah, accomplished. I everybody no. to know how shitty our lives were for so long. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea. So uh, I, a whole new respect. Yeah. Well, thank you awesome. for your service as well. We appreciate yeah. you. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns, uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also, feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out, and we always love a review. Also, feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Love, Lauren and Sharon. Bye.